first day. It's a beginning. It's not an end. Um, I know a lot of times we do things in life that we feel like we build up to and we build up to and we, we get somewhere and we want to get we want to get to this place and then we want to go, oh, okay, we're there. Well, that's not, I believe, what God has in store. I believe that God continually has in store for us something new, something fresh, and something that is next. And I believe that's what this day represents. Now, you got to forgive me. I'm not used to the choir being behind me. So if they make faces, that's all there is to it. Or you can come preach. If I get going, y'all can come get my forehead too like that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That is weird, though. I just want you it's weird being here, too. I don't know if you remember the first day I stood on the stage in the gym, I said, this is weird. And it's weird being back in here, but it's awesome. But God leads us to these places, and I think we have a tendency to go, yay, I'm here, and wow, I just want, I want to stay there, and I want to do this. We, we see some stories in Scripture where, you know, the transfiguration where Peter and James and John got to go up on the mountain, uh, got to go up with Jesus on the mountain, and Jesus is transfigured before him, and they're like, let's just stay here. This is it. This is great. And I think we have a tendency to do the same thing in our life. We have a wonderful experience, or we reach, man, you reach that point in life, and all of you have, you, maybe you've said it multiple times where your kids reach a certain age, and you go, this is good. Let's just stay here. But they continue to grow, don't they? They continue to move forward. Or maybe you've reached that place in your career or your life or maybe your health, and we all have a tendency to say, I want it to stay here. But God continues to want us to move forward. And I have noticed that many times when we come to places like this, whether it's a repair of a sanctuary or a building of a new building or something like that, that a lot of people will talk about this thing that we see in Scripture early on with the Israelites where they always talk about the promised land. And I always find it a little bit interesting that pastors choose to talk about the promised land when it comes to things like this. Because you may or may not be familiar with the story of the promised land, but it's actually a very long and very tragic and in the end sometimes a very sad story. Because they act like when you talk to people, they act like, okay, well, here's the story of the Israelites. They, God led them out of slavery in Egypt, and then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and then they finally took the promised land. Well, no, they didn't. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and then they crossed the river, and God gave them the same thing that he'd given them before. He gave them multiple chances over and over and over to say, now will you continue to trust me and follow me as we begin to possess the land? And the sad story is, if you look at the whole story, they never fully possessed the land. And then even as they got into the land, they went back to their old ways. They fell away from God. And God ended up even taking away some of the things that they had in front of them. But along the way, God met them in different places and in different ways, and he had all these reminders. I was talking with people in my Bible study class this morning, and we always love to point out the fact that it's amazing that, you know, God leads them out of Egypt, a pillar of fire in front of them, a pillar of smoke. He parts the Red Sea. He does all these miracles, and yet along the way, they tend to stumble and they tend to forget, but we're quick to remind ourselves that we do the same thing at times as well. So I want to bring us to Joshua chapter 4. Today, and I want us to look at Joshua chapter 4, but I truly want us to just see one thing about Joshua chapter 4, and that's at the point in time when God leads the nation of Israel across the river, he asks them to set a marker up. He instructs Joshua to have them set a marker up, and I want to talk about what these markers 
represent in our own life and the challenge that we have from moving forward from markers that God has given us in life. In Joshua chapter 4, if you're not familiar with Joshua, and I know many of you may not be if you're new to church or new to these things, Joshua is the person who took over for Moses, who is, is really regarded as one of the greatest leaders of all time in the nation of Israel, Moses. And Moses had passed away, and Joshua now, the mantle of leadership falls to him. And something that I point out to people all the time, when they look at Joshua and his mantle of leadership, if you look in the book of Joshua and even late in the book of Deuteronomy where you see this transition, transition taking place, there's something that is said by the Lord over and over and over and over and over to Joshua, and it's be strong and courageous, do not fear. Be strong and courageous, do not fear. Be strong and courageous, do not fear. Now, I've noticed that when people tend to repeat things to me in my life, it's because I need to hear them. And I think what the Lord was telling Joshua is, hey, you're about to be the head of this thing and you need to be strong and courageous and do not fear because everything in you is wanting to walk away from this. It's going to be a hard journey. But God reminds him to be strong and courageous. And then on this particular day, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and not being able to take the promised land, here's what happens on this particular day starting in Joshua chapter 4. It said after the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, they finally moved from the wilderness into the beginning of the promised land. It says the Lord spoke to Joshua. And he said, choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing and carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from the Israelites, one man for each tribe, and said to them, go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you, you should tell them, the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. And I'm going to stop right there. So you see what's happening. The nation crosses, and God wants to mark that day. He wants them to remember what he's done on that day. So Joshua gets 12 men. They go to the middle of the river, which, by the way, is being held back by the power of the Lord because the ark is there. And he says, hey, while the water's stopped, go pick up 12 rocks from the middle of the river and take them and put them where I tell you to so that when the people come and they see this marker, that they're reminded that it's the faithfulness of God that has gotten them to this point. Now, there are things that we all need in life. There are markers and there are reminders that we need to set up in our own hearts and minds to remind us that it is the faithfulness of God that has gotten me to this point. We saw one of those things today. We got to see a beautiful picture of baptism, five people getting baptized. Maybe you can remember back to the day when you got baptized as well. That's a marker. You know, and we take those markers and we look at them and we say, well, what has God done before that day? And then what has God done since that day? And I tell people all the time, I gave my life to Christ when I was six. I'm now 19. And so it's been, what? 
I'm 48 now, I guess, as of this week, talking with somebody about what God's done in my life, it wouldn't it be kind of weird if I say, well, when I was six, I was at RA's camp, and I felt like that God was speaking to me, and so I walked down and I gave my life to Christ, and they went, well, what's he done since? And I went, I don't know. Wouldn't that be kind of weird? You see, the, the, the beginning of the journey was giving my life to Christ. The following through was baptism. But then there's so much more that happens as God wants us to continue on this journey. And I believe that's what today represents for us as a church as well. You see, the nation of Israel on this particular day that we're talking about, Israel crossed the river, but they had not yet possessed the land. And you need to remember that. That though Israel crossed the river, they had not yet possessed the land. You can put that on your outline. It's your first blank there. They crossed the river, but they had not yet possessed the land. And so think about that. What are the things in life? You know, our culture has a tendency to tell us that if we can reach a certain status or earn enough money or do enough things in life that we get to just retire or we get to stop, or we don't have to do these things anymore. But I believe that in our spiritual walk, God is continuing to call us to what is next and what is fresh and what is new. And everybody do this with me. As long as you're doing that, you've got work to do. And that's just the truth. As long as you can do that, there is something that God can do that is next in your life. And when it comes to our spiritual walk, and I'm going to give, Kim Brown shared this today in our Bible study class. She shared that someone told her along the way that as their physical body had deteriorated and they weren't maybe able to play basketball or other things anymore that they used to be able to do, but it actually had freed them up in their spiritual life to actually spend more, they had more time in prayer. They had more things that they could do for other people. They could mentor. They could lead into other people's lives. And it was just a beautiful picture of going, yes. That's it. We don't get to just get to a place and stop. God is always setting these markers up to remind us that he's been faithful to this point, and he will continue to be faithful beyond that. You see, when we give our life to Jesus Christ, it's a mark of new life. Amen? But we're still a long way from the person we need to be. Amen? I mean, that's just the truth. We give our life to Christ and we say, God, I want to follow you. But then we spend the rest of our lifetime working through sinful patterns and sinful behavior and bad habits that we've picked up and bad things that we pick up from others and culture and on and on. We work to follow the Lord in the midst of this broken world and it's a journey that continues to go on and on and on. But on that journey, we need to remember it's important for us to mark our progress. It really is important for me to mark my progress along the way, because if we're not trying to head somewhere closer to God, if we're just kind of wandering out here on our own, then we never really know if we're making any progress. You know, a simple thing that I could say is if you think about the end of March last year or maybe last Easter, and you were just ask yourself the question, am I a different person than I was last Easter? Because we're getting ready for Easter to come up. Do I feel like I'm closer to the Lord? Do I feel like I'm further? Do I feel like same things are the same? What's happened in my life over this last year? What's going on? Do we see these different marks along the way that help us grow? I want to show you this illustration. I went to, uh, I went to, to visit Maxine Carter, and I noticed this as I was walking out of the house. You can put this picture up here. And you're not going to be able to tell what it is at first, but that's a door in Maxine's house. And if you zoom in a little closer, 
all over that door are dates and marks of everybody in the family and how they're growing and, and what they've done. And I asked Sandra this week, I said, can you send me a picture of that? And I warned Sandra, you're going to be in the message this week, so you better behave. So you got to do that. But I think this is a wonderful picture. Because sitting there at Maxine's house, for all of her family to see is to come by. And when you see something like this, you see a mark there, and you go, oh, I remember when I was that little. Or I remember when I did that. Or I remember that day when we marked that. And usually, when you're young, you can't wait for that mark to get a little taller, can you? Like when they're marking you, you're trying to stand up as straight as you can, and you want that, because you just want to grow. And we need to remember that, that God wants us to grow in our faith with him. God wants us to grow as a church because he wants us to be a light in this community to reach out to people. It's not about being a big old church. It's about sharing the love of Christ and the kingdom of God with those that are in our community that need to hear that. God has designed us to desire to grow, and we need to have those markers along the way so that we can see this progress. As a matter of fact, the apostle Peter puts it this way. He says it point blank, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. So are we moving forward? Are we, are we moving forward in our own life? Are we moving forward as a church? Are we moving forward in our life? That's what God wants us to do. And even when we are, we need to realize that we need to be heading in a direction that God is sending us. And though along the way we reach these certain markers, and let's just talk about us as a church for just a little bit. Okay, if you don't remember, what we said all along the way was that we needed to repair the sanctuary so that we can do the things that God has called us to do, which this isn't the end. God has blessed First Baptist Church. And you know, the story of First Baptist Church doesn't just go back about 17 months ago when we started to repair this thing, does it? It doesn't just go back a decade ago when we purchased some land at the South Campus. The, the story of First Baptist Church goes back a long way, a couple of centuries almost. To people coming here and putting this place here, we're riding the coattails of those people who started this path at that point in time. And we have to continue to carry on the work that God has for us to do. And I believe that God has put us in a very unique and very incredible position that we can be a bright and shining light in this community that needs it so bad. God's given us this place. God's given us the South Campus that... In his time, I'll tell you the same thing that I said about this one. We'll be in here when we're in here. We'll be out there when we're out there. I mean, because we're going to follow God's time on that, but we haven't forgotten about that. We want to continue to move forward. Here's the truth. We still have much work to do. Amen? We're not done. Oh, let's take a day to celebrate, Pastor. I gave you 30 minutes to celebrate this, and that's good for me. Because I love to continue to move forward and say, what does God have for us to do next? I still have much work to do. We need to remember that. You know, when you look at your own personal spiritual walk, <laughs> I just want to give you a warning. If you don't feel like you still have much work to do, you still have much work to do. Because the truth is, you know, and I actually used to believe that I could somehow get good enough and get things right enough with God that I would feel like perhaps I've arrived or perhaps this is good. But what I've discovered is that everywhere along the way, as God leads me through a certain season of life, or as I finally learn something that he's wanting me to learn, it seems like I get to this next 
plateau or this next season, and it just opens up a whole new realm of opportunities, of things that I go, there is still much work to do in my own heart and in my own life. And here's what I need to remember. As those opportunities get more difficult, as the risk seems a little bit greater, what do I go back to and remember? I go back to those markers. I go back to those places where I can go back and say, God was faithful right here. Now, there's something else about this whole journey of Israel to the promised land. Is that here they are, they're led out of Egypt in slavery. And they're led out by miracles of God that get them out of Egypt. And along the way of the journey, they begin to complain. Because some of the things are a little bit more difficult than they wanted to be. And one of the things that comes up over and over that I, I, I tend to just laugh at sometimes is they sit sometimes and they go to Moses and they say, why would you just bring us out here to die? At least if we were in slavery in Egypt, we could eat good. I'm like, they got to be Baptist if they just want to eat all the time. I mean, it just that's, that's, they are thinking with their stomachs about everything that they're doing. On this thing, but that was their complaint all the time. Why did you lead us out here? At least if we lived in slavery, we were comfortable. Do you realize that a lot of us in this place get comfortable with our dysfunction and we quit moving forward in our faith with God? I'm gonna say that again in case you didn't catch it. There's a lot of people who just get comfortable in their dysfunction and they quit moving forward with God. Because what they do is they settle for life that's good enough. Well, this is good enough for me. At least so-and-so is not complaining anymore. At least this person's not in trouble anymore. Ooh, at least I've got that done in my life. Ooh, at least I don't have to do that anymore. And they just kind of get to that place and they, they just, just kind of settle. And they become comfortable. And that comfort outweighs this desire to continue to grow. Can I just tell us we need to keep that desire in our heart to take the next step of faith with God. He's given us the markers along the way to remind us that he has been faithful here and he will continue to be faithful no matter where he is leading us. Philippians 1.6 says this, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So it's important that we mark our progress, but we should be marking our progress so that we could keep growing, never, ever, ever settle. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, but that next step, it's just hard. It's just tough. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you about a couple of times in my life and that, that I knew that there was a next step. And I just, I, I knew it wasn't necessarily what God wanted me to make. And there were some reasons I could figure that out. One was, I've told you this before, and it is kind of funny that I'm wearing this stupid boot. But I worked all my high school to play basketball in college, and I thought that that's what I was going to do. I had my path set. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to play basketball. And then when I get out of college, then I'll go to seminary. And then when I'm done with seminary, then I'll start in ministry. <laughs> God said, no, that's not it. And I worked all my time to get to that point. And then it, it was just like the day that I got the opportunity to go, well, do I want to take that next step? It was like just no. And you know what it was? I remember being there that day. And I remember this, I don't want to work that hard at this anymore. That was the words I said to myself. I remember distinctly saying what it's going to take for me to be a next level basketball player to play at a next level, I did not want to do. And so I made the conscious decision based on this, I don't want to work that hard. That was just a simple truth. I don't want to work that hard to do that. 
you know, musically I did a lot of things in life as well. And I reached a point where I had a career path that was either going to be music or it was going to be ministry on staff at a church. And, and I remember struggling with that and wrestling with that. And this one was a little bit different. It wasn't as blatant as the other one, but it was this. I recognized, and this is important for some of us, I recognized that God had surrounded me with people that had talent that I did not have. And I realized, now listen to me on this, I realized I was holding them back. And so there were some things that I needed to let go of so that I could move to the next level and so that they could move to the next level. And I loved my time and my opportunity with them, but just to be real honest with you, I'm not as good as they are. And all those guys went off and took off and have wonderful careers in music and are doing great things. And me, I feel like I've followed the path that God's had for me. And I've never looked back on that in regret. But I remember the day going, there are some things that I have got. And I think that's true for us, but it never is easy. Sometimes God brings us to this next level to see. And what he's telling us is, okay, now you're, now you're done with this season. And it's time for you to move to this season. Now, I think what this does absolutely represent for us as a church is that we've changed into a different season. And all that season means is that there's a lot of work to be done. But here's what we need to remember as God brings us to that season, whether it's as a church or whether it's in your personal life. Because I know some of you may be struggling with, I don't know that I want to go to this next season in life. Hear me on this. God is faithful. God is faithful. That's what this is all about. God is faithful. If we get comfortable in the way that we've done things or how we've done it or we just get, can I just go ahead and laugh at all of you who took your same seat back after 18 months of not being in here? I mean, come on. You know who you are. And we just get comfortable. I'm going to sit in the same spot. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm back where I am. And it is difficult at times. And the honest truth is sometimes Sometimes we need to be honest enough with ourselves to say, I haven't taken a next step of faith in God because I didn't want to do the work. And there's some of us that need to be honest with ourselves and say, God, you've been calling me to do things and I have just been not wanting to do the work and I need to buckle up today and I need to do the work to get to the next step of where I need to be in life. Some of you need to make that decision today. But there's some of you that are at a different place in this journey and there are a lot of things that perhaps you have been doing or have done for a long season. And the truth is that God is trying to call you to something different. And if you will move to something different, you will see your life continue to move forward. And you will see others come into this place and move it forward. And sometimes we're standing in the way of progress because we won't let go of certain things in our life just because we're comfortable. I don't know anything different. And the issue truly is, if you look at it closely, it's do I trust that God will see me through this season as well. God will see you through this season. He is faithful if you will remember that. Romans 8, 31 through 35 says it this way. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, 
has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? You know, and I, I, I read that verse and I will tell you, there's one thing that can separate you from the love of Christ. You. Just choosing not to follow it. Nothing else that you're going to face in this word is going to keep you from the love of Christ. It is a decision that we each make in our heart, whether we follow him for the first time or whether we continue to take the next steps of faith in the journey that he's brought us on. It's all up to the decisions that you make in your heart about how you're going to move forward with Christ. I know that some of you are scared to death about what the next step is in your life. God is faithful and he's ready for you to take that step. I know that some of you are sitting in this place today going, I don't know that I've ever given my heart and life to Christ or even what that means. I will just tell you it will be the greatest decision you've ever made. Will your life change overnight? Maybe, maybe not. But you will have direction and hope and peace like never before. And you will have a guide that will help you walk through this dark and broken world in a way like you have never have been able to do before. God is faithful. And along the way, don't miss this, God continues to give us opportunities. We're reading Joshua chapter 4 just a little bit, but what you don't realize is this is, I'm going to call it their second chance, but it's probably even more than that. Because basically 40 years earlier, he brought them to the same place and said, I want you to possess the land. And they said, we think this is too hard and we're not going to do this. And only two people thought they could do it. And the other ten spies said, no, God can't do that. And so they wandered for a generation, waiting to get back to the place where God would give them another opportunity to possess the land. So what this represents, I think is kind of interesting for First Baptist Church as well, is we get another shot. Even when God may have led us on a little different path than what we all wanted to be. He is faithful, and he's led us to this place again today to say, now, will we do it different this time? Will you take a step of faith with me? And will we be a light to this? Will we remember that, I want you to look to your right and to your left and remember that that's the church. I love the new carpet, but that's not the church. Aren't the lights cool and purple? Praise the Lord. That's not the church. The people are the church. And the reason this church exists is so that people can come to this place and discover that they are fully known and fully loved by God. And the way that they do that isn't new facade. The way that they do that is you and I reaching out to them and sharing that God has been faithful along the journey. That as I've hit bumps in the road, God's given me a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. And God continues to be faithful. As a matter of fact, Lamentation says, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful even when we are not. And those markers along the way are to remind us that he's been faithful and he will continue to be faithful through what is next. And so as much as I celebrate and praise the Lord for leading us to today, I can tell you I am just on fire for what is next. And I cannot wait for what God's going to do, not just with this church, but with you, in your heart and in your life, and what God's going to do to move us forward. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. The C word, it's going to be a lot of change. 
And we love change as long as it happens to somebody else, right? But we need to understand that as God brings these things, that he has been faithful to this point, he will continue to be faithful. And our job is to love him every step of the way and be a light for him. And to share with those that we come in contact with that they're fully known and fully loved. God gives us a fresh start every day. So the question for us is this, what will I do with my fresh start? What are you going to do with a fresh start? You're going to make the same mistakes? You make the same things, or are you going to say, God, let's do this your way this time. Let's do this different.